Moving on to episode 38 of season 2 of LOI Week with Air Sports and Independence.ie. As ever, we're on Podcast Republic, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and Daniel McDonald and I, Johnny Ward, we're going to look at the FAI Cup final, which is coming up on Sunday, and just have a brief chat about the end of the season um, with Ger Little, who has joined us in the studio. Uh, you start off this morning in Sligo, then you went to Belfast, now you're in Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> Around the world, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was that was an early start. I was doing a, a similar show in Belfast this morning up at um, the National Stadium. Um, it was a podcast and a, and a football show about the Irish League and and just about football in general. So quite enjoy, enjoyable. And then shooting down to you guys uh, afterwards, straight down the motorway, and, and got here in time, thankfully. Yeah, how how much um, have you kept tabs with the Irish League in the two or in the not quite two years, a year and a half you've been away or whatever? Obviously, you came from Cliftonville. Yeah, and, uh, every week, you know, I'm very familiar with it and. You know, any time, you know, obviously, the majority of games in the League of Ireland are Friday night, so the, the games in, in the Irish League are Saturday afternoon, so it was ideal to, to go up and take as many in as possible and obviously, you know, keep in the loop and, and, and what's going on there in terms of players and, and things like that, so it's quite handy. And and even this season, you know, I've been up to four or five games already. Um, you know, it was up two weeks ago at Glen Torn and, and Glen Avon. So, yeah, it's it's something that... Um, that that definitely interests me, and because I've been there before as a player and a, and a manager, and, and you know, it's good now that I have the, the knowledge of, of both League Ireland and Irish League. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone has asked you this, you know, in the last two weeks. But it's the inevitable question. So, so what is the plan now? I mean, what are you, what are you doing? You're taking some time to, to consider what happens next. Are you, you're waiting for calls. Like, what what way do you play it in this situation? Yeah, no. Obviously, when you when you leave a, a club as a manager, you, you you take stock and you you go through things and you analyse, you know, your time there and 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 I've done that obviously uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm determined and ready to go and, and and looking forward to the next challenge, the next chapter of my managerial career. So it's something that um, I'm, I'm ready for and say maybe. You know, I will take a, a little holiday to, to refresh and, and recharge the batteries. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go again. And say my time at Sligo is uh, it was it was a challenge, and I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, and I've learned an awful lot. I, you know, it's football. You know how it goes. You know, you, you will have your critics, you will have your supporters. And I, I, when when the news came out that you were leaving Sligo Rovers, I was struck by the fact that there was definitely real sort of mixed opinions. There was fans who were. Adamant, this is a disaster. The flip side of that, there was people, that, as you know, that's just the game who were like, yeah. uh, you know, they welcomed the decision. So it seems like there's a, like a mixed verdict on your your time in, in Sligo. I mean, how would you assess your time when you look back at it and say, okay, how did I go there? Yeah, well, the, the big attraction for me taking the Sligo Rovers job, leaving a, a massive job at Cliftonville, um, was stability and, and, and developing their own young players um, and, and having a, a sort of project or a plan, if you like, for the next three to four years. Um, you know, the, the club had been fighting, you know, they've been down lingering towards the, the, the bottom end of the table for a couple of seasons. And, and when we took over in April, it was, it was, a, it was as I said to Johnny beforehand, you know, it was, it was a tough, tough job. Um, there was a lot to do. Um, there was 
structures to be put in place, training methods, fitness of players. Um, three teams gone down as well. Yeah, three teams gone down, you know, and we're looking, uh, we're doomed, you know, and that's that's been totally honest. And obviously, you could never come out and say it and, and, and talk Holly about Horgan it. Morgan might have. Halley <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> had them relegated two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and to stay up in the last game of the season, I thought, and finish on the same points, I think, that season as St. Pat's was a big achievement um, and it was something that we could possibly build on and and again we went in a different direction getting into the new season with with young lads um, we took a gamble on one or two signings you know sometimes they work sometimes they don't um, and, and and some didn't work you know if I'm being truthful uh, but we uh, re-rectified that fairly fairly quick in the in the um, in the break and if you look at our stats in the break you know we've we, I think we were, we were fourth or fifth best um, informed team with a third best uh, away record uh, and, and one of the youngest teams in the league with, with, with uh, one of the lowest budgets. So for me, there was definitely progress. And, and if we talk to any football people, they'll, they'll see that. Obviously, you're going to have your critics, but if, if you I think Mourinho will come off with a great quote uh, not so long ago if you, if you throw stones at every dog that barks then you know, you're never going to reach the, the, the journey that you're, that's ahead of you so um, we're big and ugly enough every manager has their critics and you know that was something that you know I, I, I would have blanked out and, and got on with my job but it makes you a stronger person Is there is there a game a moment any like lingering regret I'm thinking of the, the two cup games you lost in a week which I mean, the Cubs, we, we we're coming into it in Dalk and Cork again, you know, four years in a row. And you think of the managerial changes we've had below the, the top couple of teams. And normally you'd have a team that a cup run or something would light their season. And that didn't really happen for anyone else this year, with the exception of Bowes, probably. You know, is that is that a week that maybe kills you? In, yeah, in, in, in listen, there, there, there was a couple of things that possibly killed us was, was obviously the home form was a big factor. You know, if you if you look at our away form, it was excellent, but our home form was was pretty pretty poor. We we just couldn't put our finger on it. Um, we looked at absolutely everything. We tried everything. We brought a sports psychologist. We'd, we we'd done so many different things to try and rectify it. Um, but it just was. I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping for Sligo. It was just one of them freak seasons that you know the home form didn't work. Um, and and yeah, the listen the the two cups were was really disappointing. Um, you know, I thought we 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 done enough to, to win the Longford game. You know, people say it, you know it's Longford their, their division below, but they're good players. They're playing. They're a bit of young team, and um, and the goal we conceded, you know, was pretty poor. You know, we we peppered there, goalmouth for large parts of the the game, and on another night you cut a one. And Derry City just the game and then League Cup semi final summed the season up. You know, it was just it was it was like the Alamo at times where we were. I think Kenny Shields come off with a statement afterwards that they were making Jared Doherty, Lord Murray the, of, of Derry because of the performance, you know. So not sure if Kenny Shields said the same about Jared Doherty now. But that, <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> that's another maybe, story. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and, and that was the big thing, and we we just couldn't score goals and and um, and put teams away. You know, we we, we dominated uh, large parts of games, and you know we held our own against the big teams this season as well, and and you know Dundalk and Cork, and uh, again, you know, um, we were learning, and it was a it was a progression with the boys. I suppose what was particularly difficult, you're talking to players and a few days later you're gone. I, 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 must, I must have a lot of sympathy for you there because you're, you're, you're planning something and then it's a little bit out of the blue and then you have to uproot your family again and you're even saying to me that you had a house in Belfast that you just rented out um, and now you're moving back to Belfast and you've just rented your house out. So that, that, that's part and parcel of the game. You know, it's, 
say who would manage uh, a football team, you know, and that's that's something that um, you know, I was prepared for. Uh, you know, it happens to the, the best of us. You know, that's it's you know, you're, they say you're only a couple of games from you know being sacked anyway, and that's that's the reality of of this harsh game. So, yeah, it's disappointing. Obviously, with a family there, and and you know, it's it, it's not ideal for them. But you know, hopefully, we'll we'll live and learn by it, and and uh, and move on. And you know, we, we, listen, I, I could be better and 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 annoyed and. You know, obviously, I'm frustrated because I did see myself there for the next uh, lot of years and building the team and building, uh, you know, a success story uh, and getting Sligo back to the the war, you know, the good days of of challenging and, and leagues and winning cups. I really did have that vision, and 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 slowly but surely, that's where I thought we were going to go. Um, things were going to plan. You know, we knew it was going to be a difficult season. It was a roller coaster season, um, but you know, we identified that you know we we needed maybe four or five. Um, experience uh, players that was going to get us to that that next level the following season and, and, and obviously help the young lads progress even more and 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 I think you know for me managers are judged on obviously winning but they're also judged on what they leave behind uh, and I believe I've left Sligo in a good place you know we've we've developed a lot of young players there um, you know John Mahan, Jack Heaney, Ed McGinty are, are regulars in the team so you know um, Liam Buckley coming in you know, hopefully, I'll see the benefits of that next year, um, and 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 you know, as I say, the, the club will be in a better place. One of, sorry, Dan. One of, one of your sons was actually involved in the youth teams as well. Yeah, Bradley played for the uh, for Danny O'Leary's team in the under 17s, and again, you know, we, we'll leave here with fond memories. You know, I, I love my time at Sligo Rovers. It's a great club, uh, passionate fans. Um, you know, great people around the place, and 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 I was made really welcome. Um, and as I say, I was living in a living in a lovely part of the of the world in Strand Hill. And you know, my son, youngest son, was in school there and loved his time there. So, again, listen, uh, a few years down the line, we'll we'll be talking about it, and and, and our memories are, and we'll we'll try and stay positive rather than negative about it. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that you were talking to players would suggest. You know, part of you was thinking you were staying. You know, that must have been you know in your mind in your yeah, mindset. Yeah, obviously, you know, I as I said, don't want to go into the the, the negatives of, of 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 everything. But yeah, I I was under the impression that I was going to be there for for another season at least. Um, you know, if you're given the go ahead to speak to the players and and plan for for the following season, then you know to be told that there's no contract there at the end of it was obviously very disappointing and frustrating. But as I say, I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, look at it and, and go on about it and, and feel as if, you know, it's uh, feel sorry for me story. Uh, and it's not the case, you know, it's obviously disappointing and frustrating. I felt that we'd done a really good job there um, with the budget we had, with the, uh, the resources we had. You know, we were trying to build the club back up and, and um, we, we were as professional as we possibly could in doing the, it. The fact you, as, as Johnny mentioned, like you've uprooted, now you're maybe going, you're going back to Belfast. But are you still keen to manage in the League of Ireland again? Is that something you would love to get the opportunity to do again? Yeah, I, I, I've loved it. I mean, that was, as I say, uh, before I came here, it was, it was my goal to, to be managing full-time, you know, whether League Ireland, Scotland, England, whatever it may be. I am uh, a young manager. Uh, I've learned an awful lot this year just in the one season managing Sligo Rovers in terms of what you're dealing with in terms of budgets and, and resources and, and and man management as well. Um, a flux of players too that you know, you're know you not really having for three or four seasons tied down and you know where you're going, where you're having to chop and change and, and build a team practically every year. 
So that'll stand me in good stead. Um, and, and my knowledge now of, of the League Ireland um, is as good as any. Uh, and as I said to Johnny, you know, my knowledge of, of, of the Irish League as well you know, will stand by me in terms of going forward. And absolutely, I, I, I love uh, to be ready to go again wherever you know, the, the next opportunity is, if it's in League Ireland or, or, or wherever, I'm ready to do it. How, how different is the challenge of managing a full-time club? Because I'm thinking Sligo Rovers, you, you did have a couple of local lads, but generally, you know, Sligo's history is, is rooted in bringing in players from outside and getting them to move and live in the area and take a chance on the odd guy from England coming in. And that's their history over the last 20, 25 years. It's n- nothing specific to your time. That's something they've always done. And I'm, I'm guessing previously managing part-time, it's a different dynamic in terms of signing players. And, and how did you find that in terms of judging characters and, and seeing who would adjust to moving, uprooting and living and, and, and committing to a place? Yeah, in the in the part time role, you're you're you know mostly every player there is within the vicinity of of the Northern League, and you know they're working and obviously playing, so you you kind of know they're never going get, too far. You know? never, yeah, exactly. And 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 if there is young lads that's left the country, you know maybe sixteen, seventeen, they're away for a couple of years. You still know who they are. You still know what type of player they are. And when they do come back, you're getting first sort of crack at them. Um, but within the League of Ireland, and especially Sligo Rovers, it's it's obviously different. You you are taking a gamble on on players, and you're you're taking the word of of some people that you maybe trust in the game, who are maybe agents or scouts or, or whatever. And you know they they have all different opinions of of one player. You might Dan like the, the, this player that can do this for you, but you know when he does come, it's not the the player that I actually expected. So mm. it, it, it's tough. It's tough, and and you have to. I mean, it's, it's certainly it's like Rovers. I had to take a gamble on one or two signings, and 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 the big thing we were man enough to own up, and and some weren't right, you know. And again, we we rectified that in the uh, in the last window, and we were able to to, to talk to some players. Obviously, a difficult conversation to have, um, but we were very professional on it, uh, very honest and open, and you know we were able to, to shake hands and, and move on. And just on that, Mikey Drennan as well, one of the positive stories of the league this season. He did great into the season. And uh, you were also talking beforehand about Reese McCabe's role and just making him welcome and kind of, I suppose, a hand around his, his shoulder at Sligo. Yeah, I think sort of jumping in between with Damas in there as well. You know, I, I felt, you know, that Sligo in the past had been, you know, always looked at across the, the mm. water. And I, I thought maybe, you know, getting into this season would, would go in a different direction and try and be more local and in terms of players that know the league um, you know know what it means uh, the, the, uh, the play in this league and you're not having to wait sort of four months to, 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 to adjust to, to the whole full time moving league uh, playing at night football you know that type yeah, of thing you know yeah. so um, that, that, that was that was the, the say the, the vision we had going forward um, come back to Mickey Drannan um, you know, we, we I got word that Mickey was available, knew his background, knew what type of player he was, and, and for me, we got him up, we asked him, you know, not in a trial, to play a game, uh, just to get a look at his fitness, and he came up and played a, a practice game, and obviously he wasn't fit, but I just knew right away that what type of player he was, his, his movement was, was different different class, um, he scored that night in, in the game, and I, and I thought right away, I went up to the, to the board and says, we need to sign him, don't let him leave, we out didn't have a lot to offer, yeah, yeah yeah just just get him signed and, and we'll work on his fitness and 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 Mikey has a he's a winner you know he's, he's got a winner mentality he trains like a beast 
Um, you know, he, he's he's got a great determination. I mean, I can I couldn't say a bad word about Mickey Drennan and, and the time he came in. He he's so determined, and and for me, Slego has has a gem there for next year because once he gets a pre-season behind him, there, there's going to be no stopping him. And uh, just on Reese McKay before we finish up, number one, he cooks for the lads to a degree, and secondly, his golf handicap is way better than uh, Owen Stokes, who claims that he could beat anyone in the League of Ireland. He's a handicap of two, is it? I think it's two, or could be could be below that or in around that. Um, so I think that challenge. Well, Stokes could be better handicap, John. Surely you should appreciate that. Well, this is <laughs> it. You know, the, but if they play a match play like yeah, they still have to give shots. That's how it works according to handicap. Yeah, so, a so if someone's a two handicap and someone's a 16 handicap, you give them 14 shots. Just I, th- take it I don't think that's what Stokes meant, though, is it? Oh, I see, well, I, just, oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, of all the people that should understand the handicapping system, it should be you. I do, but uh, he obviously is a very good golfer. He, anyway. He's a talented boy. Yeah. Uh, Reese is, we're trying to find some faults in Reese. Yeah. You know, he just seems to put his hand at everything. He, you know, he... he, he off the field, he was he was a great captain to the the lads. You know, he he would have any night. You know, it was a big game or anything like that. He would have cooked for the boys and got them in the gallery. And it was a nice nice uh, to gallerness with him. Um, golfing, you know, him, Mikey, and and Big Mitch, and I went out once with him myself uh, playing golf, and I wouldn't do it again because it was a forest of <laughs> <laughs> how good they were and how poor I was. Uh, and you know, he, he, yeah, he's a great golfer. Uh, I would like the. Um, Put them two together, and I would my money. I haven't seen obviously young Stokes, but my money would be on Reese McKeown winning it. Um, Jar, I remember before you came to Sligo Rovers, or just around the time you were, you were appointed, I think you did an interview with Brendan Cross, and it might have been in the Irish News. And I think you actually spoke about your admiration for Dundalk. And I think part of the thing coming to the league was, you know, the full time. You've already mentioned it here. I'm interested in your perspective as, as someone who's now worked in the league. And I did mention earlier we've got Dundalk and Cork going again. You know, fourth cup final in a row, fifth league title race in a row, um, and you were at a club that was trying to bridge the gap. I mean, how big is that gap, and how difficult is it to compete with them for the clubs in that sort of middle rump, I guess, where where you were? Yeah, well, the Dundalk is that's the benchmark for me, and, and for any team and any manager, I'll tell you the same. Obviously, Cork have have got really close to them uh, in the past seasons, but for me, Dundalk's the the benchmark as to where they were to where they are now. Um, but we talk about resources, Dan, and, and they have, you know, obviously every resource under the sun, you know. Just my time at Slego, you know, myself and, and my assistant manager, Kevin Deary, we were a two-man band. You know, we were doing coaching, we were managing, we were watching games, we were scouting, we were doing strength conditioning, you know, we were analysing, we were clipping, you know, so you're, mm. you're, you're doing everything. And, and in a way, it's great for you going forward as a manager and, and a coach and giving you that knowledge. But... At Dundalk and, and, and Cork, certainly, you know, they have all the experts who are doing that for them and, at, at hand. And, and, and in a way, you envy them, you know, yeah. but at the same time, you know, they're, they're, they're a class act and they're how a professional football club should be run and, and, and is run. And, and, you know, full credit to them. And, and obviously, you know, they've, they've, um, Dundalk have one of the best managers in potentially the history of, of the League of Ireland. And, mm. and um, he, he does it every year. And, you know, obviously they didn't have a great year last year and they've come back fighting this year and it's a sign of, of what they're about. We're going to get into the cup final now shortly, but you mentioned Kevin Deary there. Um, would you and Kevin be a potential fit for the vacant Derry job? Kenny Shields is obviously gone. Would it be something that would interest you at all? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm very open and to anything that's that's going to be coming up. Um, and obviously Derry's a, a job that is available at the minute and yeah, it'd be, it'd be a job that would interest me. Um you know, it's 
it'll be a tough job, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of players out of contract at the minute. And, you know, it would be, it would be one that definitely I would say, yeah, it would, it would be an interest of me. Just on that, uh, it was it was actually hard to watch the Kenny Shields interview after the game on Friday because Jerry looked pathetically bad against Pats and he just looked almost like a broken man after it. Yeah, I, like it was it was pretty grim. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> look, we've all heard the stories. I don't know, we, we, you know, John. We've sort of we're, we're conscious, and it's something that's been touched on in recent weeks that things weren't great there, and I think it's no great surprise to anyone. Um, say from Jerry List, and that you know things had certainly broken down between himself and Jared Doherty and. There were issues with players there, and you know it, it had been coming. It had been touted for a couple of weeks, and for whatever reason, I mean, I, I still think that in years to come, Kenny Shields will be spoken of fondly in Derry. I mean, he handled the Ryan McBride and like the most difficult traumatic thing he could manage. He handled that well, uh, and they played was, great football and was, for a, much was, of his reign and was a good leader for the club at that time. But sometimes it just happens that mm. it's it's it had just naturally come to an end and. Just things hadn't been right in that dressing room over a period of time, and it was showing in the results. It was showing more so in the amount of goals they were conceding, and that was, uh, you know, it's, it's almost as if last week in that game was that result. It was, it was like a, a call for change. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think players can just completely get away with it in this in this context either. That it, if players know that the manager might be on the way out. Um, then it's easy to switch off, you know, and 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 be absolved, like be absolved of everything. I, I think, yeah, and that doesn't like that's so. Yeah, that's not great from their perspective either. You know, mm. there's there's no way that that Pat's, you know, the gulf between some Pat's and Derry is such that 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 should happen. You yeah, because so I was making right. the point that um, if if results went a certain way, Derry could finish in the bottom three if Sligo beat Rovers and Derry lost, and actually that happened and the goal Derry ended up with minus 23 and uh, conceded 70 goals nearly two every game and it was a far cry from the Derry team that kind of uh, played really good football but didn't give an awful lot away there at the back like they just became so open and soft really yeah I I think if you look I'm not sure the the goals they scored was was quite high as Mm. well Um, 47 goals scored yeah which is you know it's not bad um you know that that was always. You know, I think the season that I think Kenny spoke an awful lot about was was the defence. Um, you know, and they tried different systems and, and formations to, to rectify it, and obviously it didn't it didn't work for him. Um, you must have sympathy for him as well. I don't know how you got on, but like you're you're out of a job. Yeah. A lot of people have sympathy for you. He's lost a job where nearly everyone thinks it was the right decision. I've, I've sympathy for for every manager because I know. The hours to put in and, and the work to put in and, and the dedication to put in and commitment and you know for any manager to lose your job it's not nice you know because there's a, a backlash of obviously of everything in, in terms of even your family and and things like that and so yeah of course I've, I've sympathy for for Kenny um, you know Derry's a, a massive club uh, a great temptation uh, always known for playing a great brand of football. Um, and and to be fair, as you said, there the first two seasons, Derry were were top drawer. You know the 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 football they played was was, was really nice to watch. Um, and this season, you know they they did at times, and and there maybe was a softness. I don't know for whatever reason why there was a lack of you know leadership um, in the team. I don't know. People but forget about that as well. They lost their leader, like, and they probably yeah. didn't really replace him on the pitch. No, and hard hard do you? You know, it's it, it, and it's it's a Dan. Art uh, in football now, I think, is, is, is leadership. Um, you know, the modern-day football player is completely different than it was, as of what it was 
five, six, seven years ago. You know, so uh, that that's that's where we're going with football. And it's sometimes you have to be careful in, in, in terms of how you share the players these days. And it's, it's you know, amazing, a, a for a manager, it's very frustrating because you have to, you know, choose your words, you know, very uh, <laughs> wisely. You know, Diplomatically, yeah. Yeah, otherwise you, you have a potential of, of, of losing a changing room or losing a player or, you know, and that's, that's a sad fact of football and it's trying to get that balance right. The other scores were Cork 5, Bray 1, uh, Bowes 1, Dundalk 1, a game that we were both that great to see Stephen O'Donnell back. Uh, he went off in the second half. I think he barely trained, but he, he did play with Chris Shield, Dan, um, who we got to give a mention to. He wasn't playing because... Well, because... Uh, see, last week, I think we, we did... I think we put a tweet out, but if, if people thought last week's show was a bit strange, as we made references in the first half of the show to Chris Shields is over there now, he's about to come on, and I think there was one reference to like Chris nodding and agreeing at a point, and then people might be listening thinking Chris Shields is going to appear and then, then there was nothing. Daniel Kelly just come on, and there was no mention of Chris Shields. Like we had an imaginary Chris Shields here with us, but no, he got the phone call. I think to go to Belfast actually. That uh, yeah, his 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 baby that I think was due the week after the cup final had had met a surprise early appearance, more, more surprising appearance than Stephen O'Donnell's appearance on Friday I like night. That, Dan. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he sort of looked nervously. We stopped for a second. He was almost apologising. He, he well. was apologising. We like, like ah, you can probably you go. You can probably go. I mean, the fact that he wasn't like he was going to the rotunda, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was actually getting up the motorway that you've come down today, Jerry, you know? So um, we completely understand that. And uh, we couldn't really say it at the time because. Obviously, you know, there's a, there's a process to I go was through, but in, uh, it, was, it was great news in the end. And, yeah. and both, both Chris Shields and Dean Jarvis had new arrivals on Friday. I think Stephen Kenny was saying yesterday it must be some kind of record for having two players, their wives, going into labour on the Massey same day. Massey has a theory on this, which we will hear. We, we will hear, happen. because I did. I, I was up, up at the Dundalk Media Day yesterday. If people are wondering why there's no Cork contribution, it's my fault, because I was away for the weekend in Munich at a stag. So uh, I missed the Cork Media Day, which I've gone to every day for every day. It's like a routine now. Like it's every for the last four years, Cork on the Bank Holiday Monday, Dundalk on the Tuesday, same press day it's schedule. It's getting boring, isn't it? We want we want we want different teams. Well, I, we we, t- we touched on that with Dane yeah. Massey, but I did start off uh, in Oriel by asking Dane Massey, I guess, just to speak about the uh, the events of the podcast last week and, and then the cup final. So this time last week, we were waiting to speak to a Dundalk player. It was, it was Chris Shields. Then had to run off, and thankfully, he had a a new baby arrival last week Dean Jarvis had a new arrival I have Dane Massey here with me it's like a baby boom in this Dundalk dressing room like what's, what's going on at the moment here? Next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think, I think yeah, maybe you can get a crash into the facilities over there in well, the I reckon side, it was the snow at the start of the year we were all in the house bored <laughs> so yeah so you've had a new arrival what five weeks ago you were saying yeah I had um, Lisa my partner had a baby girl um, Georgia um, five weeks premature um, so no she's doing fantastic the poker two girls are doing fine now and uh, yeah so it's been a bit of a whirlwind a couple of weeks I'm just thinking like, it, like it's the evolution of this group together that you know I don't know five six years ago you know, probably had different discussions in the evening yeah. about you know, what are you up to and so on and, <laughs> playing PlayStation <laughs> and, and now you're talking about you know baby chat I guess yeah it? yeah it is it's funny actually you say that um, myself and Chris Hill started out and prayed together and we were very close and still are and um, we bought a house in around the same time and, and the two girls got pregnant in around the same time so uh, it really is that evolution of growing, growing all together really yeah, yeah. but uh, no look it's fantastic and um, to win the league the same year as your daughter has been born is another 
Huge, huge uh, bonus. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, on a practical level, the, the whole sleeping and uh, <laughs> all that, how's that been going for you the last of the month or so? I know, it's been great. Lisa's been fantastic with her. She does the noise feeds and then I'll take her then when I get home at the lunchtime. So uh, it's not been too bad. I can't complain. The old morning training probably comes in handy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's it wouldn't great. Have been, in all seriousness, when you were arriving back up at 8 or 9 o'clock at night in the evening, it would have been a bit more Yeah, it would have been awkward, yeah. Um, Definitely, um, my partner is a dance teacher, so she works in the evening, so it suits us down to the ground when training here in the morning, and then I can take her down when I get home. Perfect. So, so cup final week then, I mean, it's not a new experience for you, I mean, for a couple of the lads, it, this is a new experience, we're here at the press day, and a bit more fuss, I mean, okay, maybe around a European game, you might have something similar, but... I don't know, does, does it get old, does it get tired or is it still the same excitement you felt in, in 2015? Uh, no, definitely not you definitely can't take these for granted um, they are special days it's the highlight of the football and calendar here in Ireland and um, if you get sick of this like myself, Sean and Robbie Benson were just down the town there and we collected our suits mm. and the place is absolutely buzzing like there's bunting everywhere and people coming out wishing you the best of luck so it, look, the atmosphere around the town is fantastic as well and I think if you got used to this, you'd be in the wrong game, you know. So, so when you go into the Aviva on Sunday, or get the bus there or whatever, is it still that buzz going in? Because, it, but it's not your first time, you know, and you're throwing leggy yeah, as no, well. You have that, exto- that excitement, you know. You see the crowds in the pubs and the bars empty now when the bus goes by, and you want to. You're even more, more hungrier than to do. You know, the whole town comes down, and um, it's, it's it's a great occasion. But as you said, look, you're on the pitch. You, you're that more experienced, you know. It's not held or skelter them. You take your time, and um, I think for the younger lads as well. I think this season, like the likes of Jamie Duffy, Mickey, or Jamie McGrath and Mickey Duffy, have really come into their own, and they've shown their experience of what last year was like. So when you think of the Aviva now, I mean, unfortunately, the last from your perspective, the last two finals haven't gone your way. So you have something to, you have the motivation there, I guess, to, to make this a happier memory. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have an opportunity to do the double as well. We can't forget that, and um, they don't come around too often. So I think the lads would be hungry now to do that. You know, the, the younger lads haven't done it, and we done it in 2015, and it was a great year. Uh, great night and we went down in history so we're looking to do the same again from the outside and we would have discussed this in the pod this year in the cup it's like oh, it's not going to be the dock and cork again is it and there is that small bit of people we've had people who contact us and go uh, you know not again surely not yeah. within the dressing room how do you feel about it like that when you add arrivals you've been going at it for sort of five seasons now does it still there's still that buzz that spark in those games you're thinking yeah bring it on in that yeah, respect look, you have to give core credit they've pushed us every year and we've pushed we've pushed each other essentially and it's been great for the league as well and um, as you said going out onto the pitch against Cork it doesn't matter who you're playing against in the cup final you want to win it and you want to win it because your family and friends are there the whole of Dundalk's there and they're two big towns let's see Cork City as well so <clears throat> there'd be a huge attendance hopefully on the cup final and if, <clears throat> if you can't get up for a game with that um <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, if you can't get don't want to lose it. We, we lost shields last week. We don't want to lose you to a way more no, worrying the, issue. The attendance would be huge, and if you can't get up for a game with that with that sort of attendance, yeah, yeah I'm lucky you might as well go and do something else. You, you, do you have an idea what type of game it's going to be from the the Cork and Dark battles? They, I think we are, we have an idea what what it might be like, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. We know we obviously know each other really well. Um, to a point where it nearly cancels each other out really mm. you know the last three cup finals have gone to extra time um, so like if you're a bad man you'd nearly say it again this year but hopefully not you know we've 
with Pat Hoban we have a, we have a lot of players coming into form and they're really excited like Patrick McLean's come back and he's he's in flying form so uh, no, we definitely fancy ourselves where do you where, where would you describe where this group is now compared to this time 12 months ago just in terms of where this squad is at uh, definitely more hungry um, last year we we lost Cork and I think the celebrations on their behalf was a bit went on, and I think our lads were uh, got a bit hurt from me, you know. So uh, I think they definitely had a grip between our teeth this year to do that. Um, Experience-wise, everyone's that bit more experienced as well. And again, as I said, Mickey Duffy, Jamie McGrath—they've all really excelled this year. That comes down to experience. Like last year was was massive for them, and we've leaned on them that bit more this year. And I think they've come up trumps. What's the story with your own future? Are you? You're not signed up yet for next year. How are things progressing? Uh, yeah, no. Look, I'll, I'll speak. Sit down and speak with the club after the cup final. Um, no, look, I'll my time here, and um, we've, I'm in no rush to go anywhere else. But um, look, we'll see when it happens. You've got other factors to consider now, I guess. <laughs> That's you know? it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not just me anymore. I have a little girl, and um, look, it all comes into view when you're negotiating. John Caulfield was saying yesterday that. Uh, the dock have monopolised the, the Dublin market I don't know uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you make of, of that view I think Stephen was making the point inside about the, uh, the amount of players actually that there aren't as many dubs here as people might no, think with all the boys not. from the west and the dairy gang that you have yeah um, exactly Yeah. when I first started out I think there was two or three cars coming from Dublin I think there's only one now myself, Sean, Robbie and Sean Hoare so um, no there's not just to say that there's not being Dublin is crazy Um I think it's more of the dairy lads, as you say, in the West. They're but, taking uh, over, yeah. yeah. So, like, it is, it is though a special time of the year for the group. You know, you, you, this week in training because you've had your, you've had your league celebrations. You know, I'm sure they were enjoyed, but uh, I don't know actually. Were you able to enjoy them as much if you were, uh, you're right in the middle of a uh, new revival <laughs> yeah. territory? But I mean, what's the atmosphere around training this week? Is it, is it different to another week, or is it? Uh, we won the league four weeks ago. I think if training was going to dip it would have dipped down but I think the cup final that bit on I think everybody wants to be in the starting 11 you know everyone's pushed each other and I think that reflected in our games towards the end of the season the last couple of games like we played uh, Sligo there and we absolutely hammered up here so everybody wants to get in that starting 11 on cup final day um, so to say training has eased off it hasn't it's probably gone up a bit more you know competition like injury wise there's probably no one on the injury bed yeah. now you know so uh, even Dean Jarvis for yourself has given you yeah, real competition there's this competition year. all over the pitch you can't take your starting position for granted at all um, Dean's pushed me and I've pushed him as well throughout the year and it's been a good it's been a good combo you know and they're only the, it's, it's brilliant for the club they're getting the best out of each individual player and that's what competition does it brings on players it keeps people nervous though I mean I don't know if Stephen the type of guy does he tell you the team the day before the game or the day of the game or do you, do, you, do you suss it out in training during the week the way things are going <laughs> yeah you'd have an idea the day before the game when we're doing those last few bits and balls but um, look if you're in that starting 11 you have to give it your all and you have to be um, like you can't take it for granted at all as I said look if I took it for granted Dean would be in the next week or it'd be the same with the centre half Stephen Follins being excellent and it does competition all over the pitch really Dane sounds like a good lad Dan and um, <clears throat> his theory on the the beast from the east being kind of the precursor to all this kind of sex yeah. in, in essence <laughs> You know, bringing about is that these even babies. strictly true? Strictly true, though. If you, if you look at the time, and is uh, it, it was February, was it? <laughs> well, hang on. I don't the, think that actually. Had the, kids, uh, the kids have been born the first week of November. 
Right? Well, there, thereabouts were last week of October. Guess the so lads to so actually go, answer that so question. Nine, nine months back from that, it was more so towards the end of January, start of February. Whereas that's no, there was a game called off in March, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe they just wanted to create babies. <laughs> yeah. you know? I don't see what I need an excuse. Um, you know? But, but, but anyway. in, in any event, um, <laughs> he, in fairness, he does face a challenge from Jarvis. Um, you know, two, like Jarvis is such a good left back and he's been playing a bit as well of late and uh, just shown, like, I suppose Dundalk nearly have two players for every position. Yeah, I think there have been times across the season where you felt that Jarvis was maybe starting to win the battle, but Massey keeps fighting back. And I think on balance, like, I, I don't have the stats, but I'm pretty sure Massey has made more appearances. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. He definitely 100%. has. 100%. It's an awful uh, headache for a manager to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Jared is sort of... And this is the, the first world problem. You have problems, to keep them happy, definition. though. You have to keep the boys happy I as would well, like, like to keep them too happy, let me yeah. tell you. You know, if I was a manager, mm. I wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be too troubled. I love watching Jarvis play, like he's, but I'm not sure he's a left-back, to be honest. But this is he's the point. so good on the ball. Well, this like, is, well, he's tried him as a holding midfielder yeah. at times because... Uh, you know, there have been one or two times with Steve, you know, Steve O'Donnell not being around and if they, have, if they wanted to rest Shields, I think he's looked at Jarvis as that option there on occasion. But Because um, we did have the point, John Caulfield, saying uh, on Monday that the Dock were signing players that they didn't need. Now, I mean... <laughs> Says the man who had six right backs well, at the start of the season. I, yeah, like. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I mean, but... But like, the sort of irony in that is I think both clubs are carrying pretty big squats. You know, they have both. Corks is going to be trimmed big, next well, season. Corks is going to be yeah. trimmed. And I think, I think this time next year, I think, you know, John Caulfield could be making the same point. Hopefully this time next year, we're not talking about another than the Cork Cup final. But in theory, this time next year, Caulfield might be making that point and it will hit home a small bit better. Um, there's no doubt, like, there's, there's been an element with the talk of... Uh, you know, they have the power to do it and, and they'll sign them. The one thing I would say about both Dundalk and Cork, which, which I, I have to say, like, both clubs didn't really start off with much to start with. They've earned the, yeah, the, exactly. the, the right to do that. Obviously, Dundalk's situation is, is different now because they've had the takeover, which has given them a, a whole new level of security. And, you know, Daniel Cleary, a new three-year deal last week. It's almost unheard of for a player who's... He's a first-team player, but, you know, it's, it's, they're just looking at a young lad and saying, there you go. They have the that, money, though, anyway, from well, Europe. They well, still have that money. Yeah, like. no, they, they, they do have a lot... You know, they've, they're in a very good position. I still... still Deep down, I want to hear something about the ground, you know, because it's funny, Sligo Rovers, that, that good time that they had around 2012 and 2011, that time, I mean, there is a bit of a legacy in terms of they've got work done to the ground off the back at a goodwill. And I still think that is the news that a lot of people around Dundalk would want. But I'm just saying, Dundalk and Cook did start off with uh, their first seasons, Kenny and Caulfield, they were surprise packages, but now... I mean, they're in this position of strength. That means that, I mean, this winter, they, that the dog probably, I mean, they, they, they do have do the much. power to do it. I, and this is going to be the story of the next couple of years, I feel. You know? If and, you were uh, a manager there, would you be pissed off with the ground situation in that, to all intents and purposes, it doesn't really seem to be a, a priority for the, the, the for, you know, peak in the sense yeah. of, well, and, no. it, and it's so far behind. Like, even the away section is like, yeah, you can barely watch, you can barely actually see the game. Well, that, the players can see it, mm. the manager can see it, and that's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. I would say, like I would say, upstairs, that's their more their issue and problem than than Stevens, you know, and, and the players. But for the board, you know, they for the board, yeah, that, that 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 that's their priority, you know. Obviously, they'll be looking at the business side of things and and, and wanting to improve facilities, and if they are the the benchmark in many ways, you know, 
that's that's probably the next thing. Yeah, that need to it's be the obstacle yeah. to be in the benchmark club is the yeah. ground. Compared I, I to Turner's Cross, it's because as as and I mean as as Jared said there earlier, he's a dog or the club. He looks to as the you know the model or whatever, and, and they are everything. In, in all but one element, but like that element is still important when you're showcasing, you, you know, you're trying to showcase your league to a wider audience. It's still an issue. It still doesn't look good enough, you know, and, and it actually takes away from the quality of the football sometimes. And I think there comes a point where it has to be addressed. And, and maybe their view is, and I'm just surmising here, maybe their view is to get one more really good European run. And then there's a base there that, they, that the spending is different because they do have money in the bank. They are in a good position. But like they're offering like decent contracts over a long period of time. Like they're, they're in a very strong position and the Champions League money is huge. But like, you know, it's, it's not a rock-solid, like, perfect position. I think for the next two or three years it is. But beyond that... You need to have structures and other sources of income. And if you're going to be the big dog, like, you know, and you need, like, sponsorship deals and stuff to go with it, and you can't just rely on a benefactor, like, that's still a sticky... Absolutely, It's, yeah. a, sticky, it's a sticky business, but... Is there a changing of the guard now with Cork? Um, obviously, they're trimming their wage with significant... I don't think we can declare that yet. What about Rovers in next season? Like, Rovers will be looking to challenge next season. Well, they will, and... We spoke with Bastian Harry sitting in this seat last week about you know the the forty week deals, forty two week deals at Waterford, and again like Waterford are like a club, the top clubs four or five years ago with two players signed. Okay, they've signed JJ Lunny, good signing, but they're trying to, they're they're never going to catch up if that's their model, right? No chance. They're not going to get close enough. So uh, Rovers are the one with the fifty two week deals and a great training ground facility and stuff that they are in theory very well placed. But I wouldn't be writing Cork off from being you know. They, they, all joking aside, they had room in their budget to trim some yeah, dead wood. You know, so, so they could set up a very on, competitive budget. Let's talk about the cup final. Then. Yeah, exactly. Is, how important is the cup final for Cork and going forward and the, and John Caulfield and the management team? Because I think everyone expects a lot of players to leave at the, in the off-season. Um, some big players will probably leave and he has to, he has to regenerate again. So if, if, if they win this game... Um, where does he? Where is he going forward? If they lose this game, where is the Cork City project for next season? Because they were ten points behind at the end of the season. Yeah, well, obviously the the, the target for Cork would have been trying to, you know, batter last year, which would have been hard, or, or even you know match um, the leagues away now. So the the only hope they have of any any real silverware is is this this cup. So it's um, it's a massive game. I think the pressure there's more pressure on Cork, obviously, to win it than than Dundalk. That's interesting now because Dundalk, I think this kind of um, it sullies their kind of legacy if if they again lose a cup final to Cork. Like, cause how many? Like, okay, they've been a little bit unlucky in some of them, but ultimately Cork have done a job on them. Yeah, they have. They, they, they seem to they ha- for right up until the last game. I think they they they, they had that over them. Um, but for me, you know, as a manager and not being disrespectful to Cork or any, anybody like that, Dundalk's, the, for me, the, has been the standout team this year. You know, you think you're getting close to them. You think you're you're matching them, you know, for 60 minutes of the game and then just bang, Hoban pops up or Duffy pops up or Benson pops up. And, you know, they, they, the way they play, the style they play, they're brave and precision. Uh, they hound the life out of you, um, press you, force you to make mistakes. Uh, and then in set plays as well, they're, they're, they're a force, you know, and for me, they, you know, as I said, don't want to insult Cork or anything like that. But for me, they they are they they edge in terms of being a team, on a world better team. It's funny because you're speaking to Stephen Kenny yesterday, and you know he would have the view that that 
that you know Cork have tried to stifle Dundalk in the three cup finals, and that's why they haven't been classics. And it's you know Cork, there's no doubt that they're very effective in terms of actually hounding Dundalk and making them make mistakes. Mm. And can you understand as a manager why? that might be John Caulfield's approach. If you're setting up to play Dundalk, what are you thinking? Like, how, What's my game plan here on a big pitch? Are you thinking, let's be expansive and try and play? Or is there inevitably a, an aspect of you that thinks we yeah. just have to make this difficult? Yeah, as a manager, you, you, got, you look at the opposition right away and you, and you look at the 11 possibly is going to play it against your 11. And you're, the first question you ask, are we better? Are we a better team? Um, you know, is there areas that we are stronger than that we can expose their weaknesses? And you know, if, uh, generally, if you're if you're looking at a team setting up um, to stop another team playing, then you're admitting that they're the better team. Mm. You know, rather than going and playing your own expansive game. And, and for me, obviously, John has that in mind that you know there's maybe some players in the Dundalk team that could hurt them more than players on his own team could hurt Dundalk so his plan is they, they obviously frustrate them um, you know and, and sit in and, and play in, in more of a counter-attack uh, game than going and being expansive and, and being open and, and being picked off so that's his way and it's worked for him to be fair you know John's a good record against Dundalk and and um, you know I just hope this season that the, the cup final is a wee bit more exciting than it was that's the other thing last year who do we think plays then I mean this is the thing because I, you know, okay, Dane Massey there just a bit briefly alluded to it, and just around the dock, there's a general feeling of confidence around. I think the Dundalk injury list. I'd be surprised if any of them missed out. I could be. Huben hobbled off against both. Yeah, Huben is the main one with the ankle injury. Jamie McGrath, a groin. Uh, Robbie Benson hasn't played in a few weeks. Now, again, we've mentioned they've got great options, you know, in that event. But I'm interested in the Cork setup where there's no real. I think Shepherd is a bit of a doubt, but you'd expect him to play. Like who plays in the middle for Cork then, right? So. You look at your options, you have... It's funny, in the cup, the last couple of years, as the season gets closer towards the end, the sort of the dogs of war come out. You know, Bennett comes to the fore, um, having, you know, missed parts of the season. He played in the final last year. He's played in the last... In, in, the, in all of the finals. Actually, Owen here went through the team. It's actually interesting looking through the evolution of the, the various sides across that time. But do we think it's like Garrod Morrissey and Conor McCormack and then... Uh, It'll be Jimmy, Jimmy Cuhan, and it will, yeah. will play. The big question is: Does Kieran Sadler play? Long, yeah. In a long, in a long-winded question. I mean, Cuhan's actually had a great. Um, he's done well this he's, season. He's been, yeah, been definitely one of the players in Cork who could say I probably had a good season because not many of them actually would be happy with their season. Okay, so the options are: so you have got Morrissey, McCormick, Cuhan, Gary Buckley, yeah, McNamee, uh, and Sadler, right? You know, and then you've got Shepherd potentially on the right side, unless he wants to play Shepherd. Up top, which actually mm. is an, an option on the pitch. Mm. Now I don't know. Like, what, what Sadly do you think? Is coming in Does Sadly play? Like, oh, I mean, you got to play your your best players, and Sadler for me is one of the best players in the league. You mm. know, you, you just said there he's he, he probably hasn't had a good season. What's he, he scored? Fif- Fifteen goals. Voted on the PFI team in a year I, I, comfortably, yeah, as we discussed last I'd week. I'd take that all day long if I hadn't got a good season. Um, he could have know. done better though. It, it, whether the, yeah. whether the but he hasn't been picked at times. This is the debate. But this is the sadlier debate, John. It's mm. has he done well enough? Uh, and and it was, is that what forced him to be dropped, or is just a, is there an issue with? Managers trust or otherwise in him. I mean, that's yeah, the, so that's, that's the talk because about that, that role he plays, he has suit. to defend as well. Like yeah. in you are a kind of a winger by default at times. And that, that's how John likes to play. John likes, you know, obviously hard working. And that's not to say Kieran Sadler's not a hard worker, but he's more effective in the final third than he is in the in the defensive third. And 
you know, when he is in that them positions, he's he's lethal. You know, he's lethal with both feet. He, he can he can strike a ball with his left foot is is, is equally as good as his right foot, um, and you know again depending on it could be it could be one of these ones is, is John going to set up a little bit more defensive and might have to sacrifice uh, Kieran Sadler and, and bring him on maybe the the fact the game. I don't know. 57 um, minutes last year, he came on. And yeah. that was the thing. He came on uh, for Johan uh, last year. And he done that's well slightly more positive change. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morrissey didn't start last year, actually. Yeah, he's, and he's again, McCormick's oh, Sorry, same. Bulger came on for Morrissey. Made a huge difference. Sorry, that was the... Actually, it was Bulger for Morrissey was a very yeah. important sub in that game. McCormick yeah. last year was outstanding. Yeah, and, and he's not, he, he's he made him as captain. And, yeah. and now there's, there's, there's an uncertainty of what's his best midfield. I think, in fairness, which, which wasn't said much about, Garrett Morrissey has, has been injured for much of the season and Cork have suffered accordingly and McCormick was made captain. Whether that had any influence or not, I don't know, but he definitely had a better season last season. And they do go into the cup final now with kind of question marks over various aspects of, like, will Cummins be up top? Yeah, um, do you play Shepard up there? I mean, that's what they Who will be the two centre-backs? Um, I would have thought it would be Bennett and um, Sean McLaughlin. Yeah. I would have thought now, I don't know, I mean, the other options are Aaron Barry, Delaney, Conor McCarthy. Yeah, I'd be thinking it would be Bennett and uh, McLaughlin. Yeah, I could be. I could be yeah. wrong, but I, I, that's Griffin and then Beatty. You would assume like Beatty is sort of a talismanic figure. The only thing is, if if would he be tempted to put you know Kuhan at right full or something like that? But again, you're talking about Michael Duffy, you know, on that flank. Absolutely, so your 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 plan is going to be to who's best for that threat? I would have thought. Yeah. You know, so from your philosophy, if you're the Cork manager, do you go out and and try to manage Dundalk or do you have belief in your own players who are good enough to beat them which they are yeah they, of course they are I mean they're, they're the, the second best team this season in the in the league and, and they still have 77 points from 36 games which is not bad going at all yeah and Cork know how to win you know they know how to win games they, you, you could be you can through a game and you're going we're absolutely the better team here but Cork pop up and score a goal like Cummins or, or Sadler or they, they have match winners in their team and you know, it's it's not going to be a full-gone conclusion that Dundalk's going to go out here and, and win. It's going to be, I would imagine, John being John. You know, he's he, he's he's that winning mentality in him. Um, you know, can say what you want about a style of player or whatever, but the one thing that manager has is is that real belief and desire and, and mentality to win games. So he will try his best to find a way, whether it's and he won't be embarrassed about setting up defensively or or or, or stopping Cork. You know that, that's his job. You have to win the game. If yeah. that's what best well, to win the game. Uh, that, that, exactly. And at, you know. at the end of the day, you know, will, will you look back? Maybe will the Cork fans look back and say, you know what, for 90 minutes or 89 minutes we defended, but we won one nil. You know, they'll, they'll look at the result and go, we won the cup final. So they they won't, they won't care. That's, how yeah, how they, how they, they don't win. care yeah. about that. I mean, like last year actually, Cork finished the game really well. 2016. They might have nicked it a small bit, you know, but I, I don't know. I and thought they deserved to win the game last year. Yeah, yeah. I think last year they they, they they finished pretty strongly. We mentioned the Greg Bulger impact and mm. that he'd come off the bench and Campion come off the bench. And they, I mean, actually at times in the games last year, they were physically better than the Doc, you know, which is not always, the Doc's fitness was a big talking point and that went away as a thing like last year and I, I know you talk to people there and they would argue that it was the hangover from 2016 etc the other side of that is it's just an excuse it just didn't happen for them um, but I think them a key, and they were able to kind of just get I, through the game I think a key part know. of this game is I think the last six weeks because some players are coming off the back of a long season but McElhenney is actually peaking now I think and even in the game in Daily Night last week which was a bit of a 
non-event, he's still going. He's still going. Like he's he's lost like he's lost basically six months of his career yeah. with Oldham, and he is hitting form. I know there will be Cork fans who are saying that has he ever really done it against them? That's the thing. Without putting pressure on him, I think there is a little bit of pressure on him to perform on Sunday because he hasn't really done it in the finals um, off the top of my head. And in a lot of the Cork games, he has been stifled. Well, in theory, it should be the most talented player in the league in terms of his actual. In theory, ability. it should be you know the big pitch is plenty of space for him to roam and get involved, but. Cork have, have done a good job on him. There have been times in recent weeks where Stevens played him a bit deeper, which I think is yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's picked up trying to, get him to, trying to get him to influence the game. Does McElhinney get a bit frustrated at times in games where things are going against him and like coming up against the likes of McCormick kind of biting at him? And sometimes you can see in his body language that it's just getting, because he's not making that influence, but it's like, don't worry about that, just do your job. Like, Yeah, that, that, we had similar with Rhys McCabe, you know, where he's your, you're probably, you're, you're looking at, as a manager, who's potentially the best players in, in the team and you're looking to do a job in one or two and obviously some team's done a, a job on Reese, and Reese would get so frustrated and, and drop deep and, and try and pick it up from the centre back or the right back and as a manager you're, you're shouting and going mad get, and need you up the pitch but it's just a frustration because he knows he has quality he knows if he gets creates time or space he, he can do stuff and, and it's the same with McElhinney but you look at you look at Dundalk's team there and there's so many match winners you know you have Duffy you have McElhinney you have Murray you know you could go you could go right through the team like their bench is so strong it's it's, it's scurry mm-hmm. and there's so many players there like you have the young lad that came from um, UCD Georgie Kelly Georgie yeah. Kelly you know who, he was actually sprightly uh, when he came on in his 10 yeah, minutes 10 like minutes like last week it's, yeah. Like you, you, you bite the, the hand of, of someone to get 50% there, two of their players, you know, and your yeah. team. And it, it's, it's, it's a serious team. I mean, for me, they're, they, they are, they're building big time Dundalk, and I, I think it's just on the day there's going to be too much. You think they'll win? I think Dundalk will are win. Are you going yeah. to the game? I am, yeah. yes. They were messing, even like they messed around a bit at the start. They played Duffy as a 10 initially last week, briefly, you know, and they're looking at the, I think they're, it's going to be interesting the revolution next year because they still have a lot of number 10 type players. And where McElhenney plays longer term, I wonder what they're, what, what they're going to do with that. Um, and even in this game, I, I, you know, I think there's a chance John Mountney might play this year. He was on the bench oh, last I, I year. I think he'll play. He's, he's yeah. come in and he, I think even when you think of the game in Turner's Cross in September, they really bossed that game you know and I wouldn't have been optimistic about the Dundalk Cork final on the basis of what an absolute mismatch that was in fairness Cork have got a bit of their mojo back since then I think, I think last year yeah. you remember too there was a lot of um, main games going on oh yeah, there, you know, yeah. With, Massey with, alluded to that in the article about yeah. that and, and, and that, that could have had a, an effect on you know the the whole burns of of the game. You know, I know the the keeper McNulty and that was was playing, and then there was talk of Shepherd done deal going to all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so that that if, played if a Mount big part. If playing as well, like we'll say, you've Griffin and whoever they have on the left, like they're good players going forward, and Mounty's defensive work is brilliant. Like so, yeah. um, I think the question more is who will they play in the central midfield? I'd say Chris Shields will will start. Uh, um, McElhenney will play. And, um, it's Benson fit enough. I still yeah. think Benson plays if he's fit enough. Because he hasn't won a cup for Dundalk, is that right? Um, he joined for 2016, but he missed a cup final. Yeah, yeah so, so he, he hasn't won, won a cup. I remember he said cup, this yeah. earlier in the year, he really did want to win the yeah, cup. He missed, I think, because he... he uh, what, a, what a lovely player as well, Ger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, he's, as I say, he can go through every player in that, uh, the Dundalk team and... and you're kind of looking for a weakness somewhere, and you know it's very, very difficult to, to identify. But you know, with ever full eleven, you know, Benson's in it all yeah. day. You know, because yeah, he, he gives so. you something. Is he fit to, uh, well, that yeah. would be the big, the big mm. question. You know, and and him and Shields. 
you know, complement each other because Chris can sit and, and do the, the donkey work and, and break up play and, and, and get on it and pass and link. And, you know, Benson's just, you know, goes in their box and picks up a, a goal here and there. And, you know, mm. so, and, and again, that there's not many in the league that, that does that or has that type of player, and, and he is one. Um, you know, when it's say with McElhinney and, and boys like that, McGrath, another great player, mm. you know, does, does he start? You know, has he come off the bench? I know he's been on the right sometimes. Yeah. In the yeah, 10 sometimes, he's been a bit you know. like he, I, I suppose McElhinney's return is probably, has it checked McGrath maybe a small bit? Although I think Kenny still has huge faith in him, but I think he just loves McElhenney so much. Yeah. That, and I, I just think the Mac, this is the time for McElhenney to make that performance against Cork. If, if not now, then when? So I, I do think the dog will win, but I, I just have a feeling like Cork are going to be really, really competitive. More so that after Turner's cross, honestly, that was actually demoralising how easy it was for the ah, dog yeah, that yeah. day. It was absolute, Cork it was a right. one nil hammering, you know? I, I don't think it'll be that, that routine, but I, I think it's the, I, Cork have managed to pull things together in the last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of players who know it's their last game for the club, and I, you know, I think that's pretty obvious that's going to be the case, but you wonder, will that, will that be exposed when it comes down to it? You know, can you really just galvanise things in that shape it's to beat Dundalk? You know, that's the question. I'm going to tentatively go for Dundalk, but we've been here before, and Cork have just... They've just stifled them. Yeah, I, I, I've no issue with them doing that whatsoever in these games. I think my, my issue with Cork is that they, they've been too direct in games against other teams. But like the cup finals, I think Cork has done a great job. Cork, Dundalk have better players than Cork, but Cork have had the upper hand really for much of, you know, certainly the cup finals. Um, I just hope it's a good game and I hope it's a good crowd. I think it might be a bit, I'm hopeful it'll mm. be a bit better this year, but I don't really have any... What really crowd do you think will be there? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I know the FBI have done this promotion to hand out um, quite a few tickets to clubs and stuff like that. And I think they've handed out a substantial amount of tickets. So I don't really have much problem with that. I, I think um, I, I have more of an issue with freebies being given out for the recent international games when people who are paying €50 Euro for a ticket are sat next to people with freebies. I think with a cup final, when it's €10 Euro for a ticket, you know, the fans from the two clubs, their money, if they buy their tickets through the club, it's a bit better for the club, etc. I don't really mind schools from around the country and the area getting free tickets. And there's also the women's game on Sunday, which we should mention as well. It's P Mount and Wexford, and, and I think part of the promotion is aimed you know, at girls' teams as well and stuff like that. Um, so to answer your question in a roundabout way, I, I'm not sure if the Dundalk Cork... Uh, their cumulative total will be will be as good as it was in recent years, but I would hope that the promotion would swing swing it sort of north to twenty five thousand. That would be my hope. Um, I think you know there's an optimistic the, the most optimistic view in the FAI is north to thirty. I, I find that optimist. I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe they'll all be in the stadium at one time. You might have this thing where uh, a lot of people for the women's game leave, and you leave these gaps in the TV, which are unbelievably frustrating. Particularly when I have made to say gone to the game and they're in the upper tiers and they're watching the, the space in the lower tier during the match, going, "What's going on?" Um, so I, 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 you know, the, the Premier League on Sunday isn't amazing. Like I know that this shouldn't matter, but it does matter. Uh, so if the weather's kind enough, which might be a, might be a question mark over that. Uh, you'd hope there's a walk-up crowd in the day. I think there is a bit of a fatigue in the build-up, even I'm pointing the finger at ourselves in terms of the media-wise. I'd much rather watch Dundalk and Bowles. Yeah, but everyone's struggling to muster up that. Whereas, I mean, it's funny that Jared mentions the 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 stuff that happened last year with the mind games. And the that actually made the build-up a bit easier, and the three-in-a-row cup final wasn't a thing. Whereas this year, I think the, the barbs have been a bit more... 
you know, it's a bit more diplomatically, and, and I don't think people want to go into that road, but the, the hype hasn't been there, but I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe Sunday morning will be a different story. There's um, another, another big game on Friday as yeah, well, we should mention. Just, yeah, so the other games were Sligo 2, Rovers nil, Watford 4, Limerick 1. Um, ultimately, one of the most bizarre uh, build-ups to a nothing game I've ever... I must have got 20 texts about how this game was going to be bent and everything and uh, in the end uh, Watford basically did what well, should have happened I, I, they, they we won. can't really go into the analysis of the whole thing because we, we just can't um, certainly some of the stories gone round were completely bogus um, you know that Waterford had wage issues that's just not true um, I think there might have been a, a few discussions around there about European bonuses and stuff like that, but uh, which, which I don't think I'm not sure even I don't think they're entitled to them. But certainly like that, that that Watford haven't been paid and all this stuff is just complete rubbish. And the fact that Limerick Limerick were, were playing the biggest game of their season on Monday, and they're so they were going to play. So the whole thing was just. Uh, bonkers and and you pats, know pats yes. were pats anyway. were very very heavily back to beat Derry. I think that was more grounded in the reality of the situation at Derry as it came to the end of the season and they won 5-0 and uh, kudos to Connor Clifford and James Doona got two goals there um, fair play to him I think it's good to see Connor back Pats. actually Connor got a crack on the football and, yeah. um, but the last game of Paddy McCourt's career Ger, is Friday night um, in the markets field and it would be fitting if uh, you tried to sign him when you were at Sligo Rovers manager, you were linked with him anyway. Yeah, I think I've been linked with every player that's <laughs> been a few of us. Sligo manager. Um, yeah, Paddy, Paddy's, you know, you, you don't think he needs an intro. He's been a top player, uh, an entertainer. Um, I watched the game the other night uh, in the first playoff game and, you know, he, he's uh, seen him tweeting about uh, the medium tap doesn't do him any justice. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, but yeah, he's 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 been he's been different class for this league, um, and it, it's obviously sad to see a player of his ability, you know, you know, going and and, and stepping down. But he's he's going on the the bigger bigger and better things now. I would hope in terms of his his new journey and, and coaching. He's, he's it's fascinating, made. actually, isn't it? That someone yeah. like him who was such a like an entertainer and a free spirit maybe yeah. at times. But how he applies his experience to the next generation? Yeah, and and I mean his experience. I'm sure he, he's a lot of stories to tell, and and, and obviously great advice to, to give the young lads. Um, you know, learning the game and and Paddy. Uh, you know, I know he, he speaks well. Um, you know, he, he does come across as a shy type of character, mm. but he's he's far from it. Um, you know, you listen to him on the pitch, and he's he's. He's given off to everyone. I wouldn't, um, have, wouldn't have known. I, I should say to people, because I did a piece on Paddy McCord for, for the Indo today, and I got into this like YouTube black hole, which is like, you know, you, you look at the first video and then you're just your Paddy McCord goal. Paddy McCord, there's like a million Paddy McCord goals, even back to his days of Rochdale when he doesn't have the hair. So you're like, where is McCord? So you, he doesn't have the hair, right? But you recognize by the movement, and the uh, style. Body language, My yeah. favorite Paddy McCord goal, I'm going to slight tangent here. Uh, it's got to be the one against Sligo, is it? Uh, yeah, it would be. Well, it? no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, no the 2005 game against Bray, when he was at Shamrock Rovers, it was Shamrock Rovers for six months, and I would have been freelancing at the time, so I would have covered a lot of um, Rovers games because they were they were actually really poor that season and they got relegated and he was sold under Roddy, to, the, under Roddy. And, I, and I think there was a quite hectic social life uh, in that team and McCord has alluded to that um, and, and then he, he left for Derry because of cash issues there was a game against Bray where he scored two goals inside nine minutes in Daly Mount Park I think they were both up for a goal of the season uh, I don't know how they even picked a goal of the month at the time 
and there's a second goal where he just like Keith Long actually is the first player to come and tackle him. There's a bit of a sort of a generational gap. I think it's Collie, Collie James and Colin Tresson again, like bump into each other. Young and there's there's, Tresson there's and players Collins, on the young. ground that said like soldiers in a battlefield <laughs> just laid there. And McCord like curls the ball into the bottom corner. And Trevor Malloy is racing in and everyone's running off to celebrate, to celebrate. But Trevor Malloy is just putting his hands on his head going, man, I can't believe what I'm just after seeing. And there was a lot of that with that season that like, Rovers were basically dreadful, you know, but yet they had this wizard who shouldn't have been there. Like, you know, he, sh- you know, he was at Rochdale and his lifestyle and all this. What got me onto that tangent was you were saying that he's a shy fella, but he, he has, he, or this perception of him as a shy fella, yeah. he has more to say. If people have time, there's a great interview that he did. It's called Open Goal. It's like a Scottish football podcast. I think it's actually a Scottish player, Simon Ferry, who was a teammate at Celtic. And he, he did a 50-minute interview uh, with McCourt, nearly as long as one of our podcasts, actually shorter. But... Um, uh, and he went through McCord's career, and he's so funny, like yeah. brilliant delivery Boys, yeah. about his own mistakes, about you know the times he wasn't a good professional. Um, you know his first day at Celtic is sort of an iconic tale. I've heard it a million times in many different ways that he just couldn't keep up with the training run on his first day. And I think uh, Gordon Strachan used to call these long runs as character running. And as Paddy McCord said, "Well, you find out about my character now." You know, as he was doubled <laughs> over. You know, Danny McGrain like was laughing. I think you know so he's um, an amazing like character and like I think you know primarily like football is like the entertainment business you know it's it's a sport and it's a hard game but like I just think like you want to bring kids to games and like give them something oh, to, yeah. to dream about and aspire towards and like going to watch Paddy McCourt was a joy like it was a pleasure it, it, he might be a slightly different performer now but he still has it in him like yeah, and, and, and you I know, was just going to say it, even last year when when he scored that great goal against Slager Rovers we were 1-0 up obviously two teams fighting to stay up and you're comfortable and next minute Paddy picks the ball up in the halfway lane in a slurry pit of a pitch on uh, the ice yeah, yeah. And, and you're going right ah, he's fine <laughs> and then he goes on a run and you go jeez oh, he's getting a wee bit closer here I mean, somebody <laughs> tackle him and you see players afraid to yeah. actually dive in and tackle him because he's going to make a fool out of them and you see the players backing off and backing off and he approaches the 18 yard and you're going and he drops his shoulder somebody dives in drops the other shoulder and just calmly and away goes I guess like if you had the chance to go to Limerick on Friday night it is one of those special occasions you're not going to see him playing again and you know he could he could be the match winner again he could be that bit of spark in what will probably be a tight game Um, do you expect Limerick to come back I know you were at the obviously the game was perhaps were maybe a little bit fortunate to win the the war, um, if I'm being honest, the the first half, especially Limerick, could have been two up. You know, I think uh, Connor Alice has hit the post. He's rounded the keeper and, and hit the post. And uh, Peter Burke's come off with a couple of good saves for Finn Harps. Um, and I think it was the, the only time or the first time they, they attacked um, Limerick's box. They, they got a penalty. And I must say the the penalty was very dubious. You know, it was it was a soft penalty. And up step. Paddy, there's no question that he's 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 scoring. You know, he sends a keeper the wrong way, and and away he goes. But I think for me, Limerick um, have a chance. You know, and but uh, you'd never write off Van Harps mm-hmm. and Ali. You know, they're just they're they're one of them teams. They're they're a bit like Cork in a sense, where you know they get the job done, and and they probably had that wee bit more of. Um, 
oomph about them uh, where Limerick needed the goal and if they got the goal it maybe could have been on and, and, yeah. and won two they're finishing the season so strongly compared to Limerick just going through the motion yeah and that, that, that's the big thing and, and like you say the, the, the game against Waterford you know they're, they're probably resting players and trying to, to manage that mm. their keeper went off injured as well which yeah. is going to be a big blow for them Tommy Holland Tommy yeah. Holland you know so uh, it's going to be a tough game um, I do think Limerick will, will score uh, in the market fields they would need to score first to, to, to have a, any chance. The broader opinion. question is just, like, would Limerick nearly be better off going down in a way? Um, if things have been so kind of, uh, I suppose, ropey off the pitch this season, obviously, um, you're just wondering. <laughs> it's a fair is, point. I, I, I think either club is, is still good to have in the Premier Division, if you mm. get me, you know. Um, I, I do see your argument. I'd be very disappointed with Limerick because it was when they came up, Marksfield's a great place to watch football. I, think. I was just going to say, you know, the I enjoy the going there as a yeah. manager. It's a great mm. ground, and, great and people around it as it's, well. It's, 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 it's a massive support for the yeah. sport in the city yeah. and whatever it was the season, whether it was the prices or of admission or they weren't playing great football, I think the pitch was in bad nick. Um, it the just, rent went up as well. Yeah. Which is an issue. Um, but like Lim- Limerick so, still has so much potential. But I suppose I would I would love to see Harps back. Yeah, it feels so. like, yeah, I, I mean, it, there's, a, there's a win-win element to it in a way. I don't think there's one one mm. result you're like, this is good for the league or bad for the league. I don't, I don't think this is one of these games where you can really say that. Like something needs to change at Limerick. I think it's possible that there, that there seems to be an openness to a handover. And so, Will that really happen? What, what what makes that more likely? Is it staying up and going okay? You give someone, or is it the opposite? You go down and regroup, which they've done a couple of years ago. That they went down a couple of years ago and regrouped, and they got everyone behind them because they also had money, because, though. Yeah, exactly, and also because they had this heroic failure at just ne- at just nearly staying up. You know, no, I think, I think it might Tommy Barrett mentioned. Uh, I was reading his interview or, and listened to his interview the other day, and he. He fears if it do go down, it's going to take him I think, a lot longer I to, think to get back up into yeah, the league. Yeah, I think it's harder to sell it because within a couple of years' time, oh, you're looking, we're, we're doing this again, are we? You know, I, I think that's that's a, a harder thing to do. Um, like It's funny, a couple of weeks ago, like it's only a month since Michael Duffy got a goal in Limerick to win a game for the dog with like 12 minutes to go where they were really given a good like Limerick have put in performances at yeah. times this yeah, season I mean, like if they the, click yeah. you know if they I, click I watched them against some pots I think it was live on TV and for me they were the, they were the better team and even the other night I'm looking at them sitting with, with Kevin Deary and and I'm saying, I mean, it's not that bad. You know, they, they're, they're probably missing a goal scorer yeah. as well, and maybe someone with a bit of experience at the back. You know, but they're, they're, they knocked the ball about really well, and they attacked the numbers, and I, I was impressed with them. You know, the, the boy um, in the middle of the park, well, the Shane Duggan, obviously, who, who's very experienced and, and a class act and, and, and on the ball, and the young legs and um, Kane Coleman, you yeah. know, who was, who was very good, uh, makes late runs into the box, very athletic. Uh, and then the two young lads and, two and, wingers and the wingers were, were excellent. Although one of them only played and, and one come on, which was, was I don't know why the thinking behind it was, but anyway, the, the um, they were they're, they've been excellent. And yeah. so there, there's there's good players there, and they're, they're not far off in terms of maybe three or four. But like a Slager Rovers, you know, they're they're. F- four players off yeah. potentially turning the other I, way I feel like given an Ollie Horgan sanctioned prediction right? <laughs> Ollie Horgan would totally approve of my view that I think Limerick might have might have a heroic effort in them Ollie, Ollie wouldn't have, wouldn't take it personally he'll be he'll be predicting it himself anyway like you know <laughs> yeah I, I think Limerick might go through or sorry Harps might go through but um, yeah, yeah I, I, best of luck to both teams Ger thanks a million for your, yeah, your hectic for day you've had a lot pleasure. of coffee um, you've been on two podcasts <laughs> 
two jurisdictions and now you have to go back to Sligo yeah. in advance of moving back to Belfast very shortly. Yep, absolutely. And it's uh, it's going to be all going now the next week or two. But um, I think I've missed my son's Halloween uh, disco, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing. I'm sure my, mi- my <laughs> missus isn't happy too, please. But uh, yeah, listen, it's again, it's part of the journey and part of... The reason why we love football, it's it's up and downs, and, and I look forward, obviously, to the next chapter in, in my managerial career. And enjoy the game on Sunday, Dan. Thank enjoy you. the game, obviously, as well. And um, let's just hope for a good crowd and a good game. And we'll talk to you for the final show of the year, uh, episode 39, next week. But there are limits to your life.